So, if God feels distant to you right now, you're not alone. All of us, even in our strongest moments, have this place in us where it's like, God, I wish I had a sign right now. I just feel uneasy. I don't feel at rest. I just feel that's, that's all completely human and completely normal. Sometimes God uses distance in our feelings to call us deeper in our faith. And I thought it was important to say that right now because while we're having to keep physical distance, I believe that God is calling us to spiritual depth. See, I don't want to just get through it. I'm tired of just getting through it. What's the point? Let's just all go to heaven right now if all we're going to do is get through it. They got a harp with my name on it up there. Come on. I sing like Zeke in heaven. Just let me get to heaven and get my glorified vocal cords. <laughs> let me get my eternal larynx in heaven and just go ahead and glorify the Lord with the… No, no, no. God, don't just get me through it. Teach me. There's something about distance. Graham said, why did God do all the miracles back then, but he doesn't now? It's not that God does less miracles. It's just we see them better in the distance. We see it better in the distance. It's like, um, God, why won't you do a miracle while you're watching me preach on your phone? This is a miracle. You see, like right now in this moment, take a breath. It's a miracle. Think about all the sin that he canceled. We're talking about everything that was canceled. I'll tell you what was canceled. The record of wrong that stood against me that he nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. So it is well with my soul. I looked at my portfolio for finances. It wasn't well. But then I looked at my soul, and I found out he's still with me, and he's in me, and there's some kind of hope that comes rising up to the surface. When God feels distant, he isn't. He's positioning you for a miracle. You know what's really cool about the ark? It was called the ark of the testimony, the ark of Yahweh, and the ark of the covenant. And that's really cool. Because in a time when they were going through something they'd never been through before, you hear me? You going through something you've never been through before? We all are. We're all going through it. Be nice. We're all going through it. Think about it before you post. We're all going through it. We are all going through it in different ways. And maybe God is going to make you a miracle for somebody else. You thought about that? See, because in moments where we're going through places we've never been through before, it feels like God is distant. He isn't. He's showing us what can't be canceled. He's shutting down everything right now. They are shutting down everything right now. I'm waiting on Holly to close the kitchen. <laughs> I hope she doesn't cancel the kitchen, but I don't know. Everything is shut. Every time I turn around, I'm waiting to turn on my phone and it's canceled. Instagram told me to stay home. Everything is being canceled. So, isn't it so cool that as God is bringing them across the Jordan, the Ark of the Covenant, that's what it's called, the Covenant. That's, that's not your agreement with God. That's God's agreement with you. Let's be honest. If it was dependent on the first one, if it was dependent on you, you wouldn't make it through. If it was dependent on me to have perfect faith, I wouldn't make it through. But I'm so grateful that when I'm going through what I can't understand, what I've never been through before, God gives me something to look at that represents what cannot be taken away. His oath, his covenant, 
his blood. Watch this. Support me in the whelming flood. That's the old hymn from the Methodist church. You know what I found myself doing the other day? I found myself breaking out the ark, the old stuff, the old hymns. I started quoting hymns around my house the other day. Some of us, we're going, we're going through a new thing, so we need to break out the old stuff. You have not prayed in three months. You might want to pray a little bit right now. You have not been very grateful lately. Now would be a good time to bless the Lord. Now be a good time for Martin Luther to come to Elevation Church. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark. What? A bulwark? You hadn't talked about bulwarks in a long time. Well, I need a bulwark right now. I'm fighting a big devil. I need a mighty fortress. I need a safe place. I need a shelter. God is with me. And Joshua told the people, verse 5, consecrate yourselves. Watch this verse. This is the whole thing, all right? Y'all thought I was preaching? I wasn't preaching yet. This is the sermon. Consecrate yourselves. That's your part. Not isolation, consecration. It's just all in how you look at it. I wonder what God is preparing us for right now. I wonder what he is mending, like he mended Peter's nets after he stopped fishing. In those moments, God is mending. I wonder what he's mending in our hearts in this moment when we just stop for a minute to be still and know he is God and he'll be exalted above the heavens. The horse and his rider, he's thrown into the sea. All the old stuff comes back. And see, here, here it comes. It's the convergence of what God has done, what he will do, but it's all found in his presence. Presence, presence, presence. Consecrate yourselves. Give me the verse. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. You see how clear that is? In that verse, God's got a job, and you've got a job. You see that word tomorrow? That's on God's job description. You see it in the scripture? Put it in the chat. I, I, I need you to say this. I, I need you to say it. Tomorrow is God's job. Tomorrow is God's job. So here's what we have to do. We have to trust God with tomorrow's problems and embrace today's process. Consecrate yourselves. That's today's process. That's cleansing. That's setting apart. That's knowing He is God. That's devotion. That's this. That's like, I'm not going to stop coming to church just because I can't physically get there. In fact, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to start sharing the gospel more with people. I'm going to make the devil so mad he's going, to, he's going to have to let me out the house. I'm going to start forwarding every clip, every sermon, every song. We, we put this song out the other day called The Blessing. And the reason we put it out is because you know God gave us this song, and I don't know how to stop the virus, but I know how to spread the blessing. And so I have a job. God has a job. What, what is God's job? God's job is tomorrow. That's like when I went to Australia the first time. Is anybody watching from Australia right now? Yeah, I see you lighting up the comments. I see you, Cheryl, Eric, Brandon. I see you. I see you from the Ukraine. Tomorrow is God's job. But here's what's awesome. Somebody watching in Australia, and it's already tomorrow. It's already tomorrow. The first time I went to Australia to preach, I got off the plane because I was stupid and went straight to the stage to preach. But before I went to the stage, I landed at like 10 a.m., and then I was preaching at 12 p.m. 
So I just had time to take a shower, and just before I started to uh, uh, head over to the arena where I was preaching in Sydney, I FaceTimed the kids. This was years ago, so the kids were real little, and I FaceTimed them because my room had this beautiful view. Pastor Phil Pringle put me up in this beautiful room, and I could see the I could see the Sydney Harbor, and, and I wanted the kids to see it. And so the sun was shining so pretty over the uh, over the the harbor, and I took a FaceTime, and I said, "Hey." Kids, I just wanted to say hey to you from tomorrow. And I was telling them how it's, it, we're across the international dateline. I was telling them how we, we, uh, well, it's tomorrow in Australia, but it's nighttime there. And remember, they were real little. And so Holly was tucking them into bed, and, and they're all gathered around the FaceTime and everything like that. I think Abby was already asleep. She was real little. And then Graham and Elijah, and, and we talked for a minute. I said, I got to go preach now. And Elijah interrupted me. He said, Hey, Dad, before you go, will you tell us what happens tomorrow? It was like he had this moment. You're already there. You're my father. See, I, I, I gotta let I let I gotta let God be in my tomorrow and consecrate myself today. That's all I can do. I cannot predict the path. All I can do is walk in it. And yet, the beauty of the passage is this: if you will consecrate yourself today, God is already in your tomorrow. So all this, how long is it going to last? That's God's job. And, and, and you know what? I thank God for everybody who is helping in a practical way around the clock to bring remedies and solutions to our nation for this virus. We are praying for you. We celebrate you. We love you. One of the good things that's going to come out of this is we are going to appreciate people that we used to think were unimportant who are going to be the very people that God uses to stop the virus are the people. It's not going to be just celebrities who we've always been used to celebrating. It's going to be people who are standing on the front lines like those priests did. God told the priest, you go stand in the middle of the Jordan. That must have been scary. They had to go stand. God was bringing them through. God's going to bring us through. But see, it's so important that we don't just get so focused on getting through it. We don't get what God wants us to get out of it. And God says, stop. He makes me lie down. God is my God. He, he told him to camp before crossing over. And then if you can go all the way to verse 15, I want to show you one more thing. I'm closing. Is this word helping you? If it's helping you, just put something on the screen right now. Put a heart. Put a purple heart. Put an orange heart. Put a red heart. Put three pink hearts. I'll take anything right now. Holly, is this good? This is the message God gave me, and I was going to approach it the other way. I was going to approach it the other way. I was going to say, we're positioned for a miracle, but I thought, you know what? If I call it that, people are going to think it has to be something big. You know, They're going to think, oh, when this virus is gone, that's a miracle. What about the miracle in the middle of it? And That's what my attention was drawn to. And Before I go, I want to show you Joshua 3.15, when God says, stop. Because the Bible says that the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Well, that's a sermon right there. God didn't bring them through some shallow water, some little problem. The size of the problem creates the opportunity. So when I say we're positioned for a miracle, it doesn't mean the problem gets smaller. And when I say we're positioned for a miracle, it doesn't always mean that God is going to do something we see as really big. Sometimes we have to see it from a distance. Can you imagine having to follow that little 
that little ark, the ark of the covenant, the covenant, the covenant. God keeps his covenant. And I have to remember that right now. If he said it, it's sure. If he promised it, it's rock solid. But God promised me the grace for today and the hope for tomorrow. So I got to let him do his job because God is, God is with me, not just to get me through it. He's my God. He's with me in it. That's the message. That's why it's called the Ark of His Presence. Consecrate yourself today. Be present. God's calling us to greater presence, not less. Hey, hey, be careful that you don't sit there and go like, oh, I'm so connected. I'm so connected. I'm so connected. Connection is about depth, not about breadth. And in this moment, I believe God wants to connect with us in a deep way, deep way, and do a deep work in our lives. He will do amazing things among you, things you don't even know to ask for. Ephesians 3.20. God, give them a miracle. There's a mom right now that needs a miracle. There's someone who can't get to their, 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 their mom or dad. They're, they're not able to be with them physically. They need a miracle from you. Give it to them, but, but not when it's over, while I'm in it. There's a miracle in it. Because the Bible says that the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. There was no way that they could have crossed it on their own. Go ahead and begin to minister, LJ. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water upstream stopped flowing. When God said stop, the water was cut off. When God said stop, you see it? When God says stop, the Jordan River had to obey him. When Jesus said stop, the storm had to cease. But before he stopped what was happening outside the boat, he had to stop what was happening inside their heart. I believe God is saying stop today to the terrorists of anxiety that have been ruining your imagination and interrupting your rest. It said, as soon as their feet touched, the water from upstream stopped flowing. And when God said, stop, the water that was in front of them, the thing that was keeping them separated, stopped flowing and piled up in a heap a great distance away. I love the word of God. It's in the distance. See, God's going to keep it at a distance. God is going to get you through this. And he is using distance right now as a gift to call us closer to himself. Do you see it? It's the revelation right there in the text. And it stopped flowing opposite Jericho, verse 17. Thank you for your word, Lord. And the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, what did they do? Stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. Get set, because we're going to worship in a minute. We don't worship when we get through hard things. We worship while we're in them. And stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Oh, yeah, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. That's not the question. The question is, why did the priest stop in the middle? See, God had told Joshua something very important that he's been speaking to me. It's not just that you get through it. It's that you take something from it. And when, the, when the priest stopped, God said, stop right in the middle. 
stop right now and say, this is the day the Lord has made. We can't take things for granted anymore, y'all. This morning is a miracle. His mercies are a miracle. We can't take it for granted anymore. So God says, stop in the middle of it and stop projecting and stop living in what it was and worrying about what it will be. Stop right here in the middle. And They each took out a stone and they carried it to the other side. So I declare over your life today, and I want you to receive this right now. I don't care if you're watching this with five other people and three of them are eating pancakes, one of them's on their phone. This word is for you. It's for you. God is saying, Stop. There has been a spirit of fear that has been washing over you, it's been keeping you from your peace, it's been robbing you of your joy. You've been living in a fictional tomorrow, and right now God says, Stop. And make the decision, I'm going to trust God in it. And I'm not going to miss the miracle of today because I'm living in tomorrow. Hey, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video or live stream. And share this video with a friend. And don't forget, you can join me live every Sunday. Thanks again for watching.